Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This evening's talk is about birds, and thanks be to God we still have plenty of them in Ireland, wild ones mostly, and we're at leisure to look at them any time we like. As I'm recording this, I'm looking out my back window, and I'm especially lucky because I have a few apple trees in my garden, and my wife has hung a number of feeders for the birds from a couple of the apple trees. (laughs) Some people might say she's foolish because she attracts birds and that they're pests. Uh, I don't think so because to look out at them, Lord, the colours of them. There's green finches, there's orange little birds, there's all varieties, beautiful things. And when my grandchildren are here, I often tell them, look, look at those, look at the colours of those little creatures. And I tell you, when you see them busy, oh, they're greedy, greedy little beasts, and they're feeding, 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 and the ground underneath the little feeders are covered with the the husks of the seeds. But there's something else. (laughs) The crows in the bigger trees, always, and the magpies, coming down to try to steal from the smaller birds. Well, it's a comedy that anybody should watch. Should watch. And there'll be a robin around. And if you look at a robin, and we always think of robins as, oh, the little red breast. And they're a vicious little animal. (laughs) I guarantee you that they guard their patch as much as 
Well, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe the fight that's in them belies the size of them. There is, uh, well, they're well able to protect themselves from any bird three times their size, like a magpie or anything else. Ah, like I say, on a quiet day, just to sit in your chair inside the window and look out at these creatures fighting and feeding, you know, in these times of this lockdown and all the rest, it would do your heart good. It's well worth the investment of seeds and, all right, seeds for the birds are dear when you have to buy it by the, by the, oh, she buys it by the bucket, but it's well worth it. It's well worth it. You feed, as they call them, God's creatures, but you're doing more than that. You're feeding your own curiosity and your own, what would be other times, boredom. Now, as I said, this evening's talk is about birds, and we're lucky in this country yet to have a wide variety of birds. And in my talk this evening, I won't approach them either from big to small or from A to Z. I'll just approach them as my preference takes me. And my preference takes me because, remember, each one of those birds has something special about it. Something special about it. Uh, it might be a, sto a story that has made it precious to Irish people down the ages. It might be something that has made sure that it has survived down the ages. Now, I have decided to start with birds that fascinate me. I don't particularly like them, but I do fascinate me because in all the years I have been collecting stories, these birds have come up again and again and again with old people. They are, of course, crows. They look at you. They look at you with those dark, dark eyes. And you know they're studying you. And as soon as you go away, like in this case I'm talking about with the little birds, down they'll come again. You may have knocked at the window to hunt them away from the little birds feeding. And as soon as you go away, back they'll come again. They're not afraid of you at all. They'll only go away as far as it suits them to go away. Just like, for example, on the road, on a busy highway. You'll see them stepping back, just back far enough from the traffic. Uh, they are amazing birds entirely. In fact, an old man told me this story about the crows. He said that the crows, they hold a court. They hold a court among themselves for offenders. And if they find the particular crow that has offended guilty, they'll peck him to death. And if they find that the crow wasn't guilty of whatever he was accused of doing, endangering the tribe more than likely, they'll let him go. That's the kind of animal they are. And you couldn't believe it in a certain way because, for example, the curse of the crows is often spoken about. You know the way crows, they nest in high trees. Well now, the curse of the crows was supposed to be if the crows built in a particular grove of trees and had been building there for years and years and then stopped building 
and went away. That meant that somebody in that family was going to die. They had gone away and so a member of that family was also going to go away. A member of the family was going to die and many a time that was proved to be true. And another thing was the crows tended to follow gentry families and the gentry were very very proud of their crows. Now of course the reason for that perhaps was that in the old big houses very often they had fine groves of trees, beech trees and oak trees around their houses. And, and I know a case, I know a case not so far from me here at all, where two gentry houses adjoined and the public road went between these houses. And one of the gentry, he died and his son took over. And the son decided he'd cut down the grove of trees where the crows had been building their nests for years. Well, if he did, he died a short time later. And not just did he die, but within a number of years, the family was gone. The family died out. So the other family, descendants of theirs, are still there. People locally put it down to the fact that, uh, what did he expect? The costs of the crows. And some of the crows, some of those same crows, they accompanied, and I've heard it before in other places, they accompanied the old gentry families right to the grave. They accompanied the funeral, cawing and screeching, cawing and screeching, right to the graveyard. Gentry families, they had treated them right that had never interfered with them in the trees around their house. They didn't feed them, they didn't do anything. They just left them alone in the big trees around their houses. Just the cost of the crows and the opposite, of course. I won't say the blessing of the crows, I never heard that, but just the opposite was the cost of the crows. So they were a very, very strange animal and uh, Better to have them on your side. They always said that. They always said that about the crows. Now, uh, ravens, that brand of the crows, jackdaws, they were regarded as unlucky. And a, jack, a jackdaw, building nests, they were always, you know, for the old big chimneys long ago in country houses, they would attempt to build nests in the chimney. They still do that today when some chimneys, when you'd be clearing out your chimneys, you'd get a shower of twigs down your chimney and they will build a nest in your chimney if they can. But if a dead crow fell down the chimney in those old big white chimneys, especially long ago, that was regarded as a sure sign of death in the family. To come. So mm, the crows, most people regarded them as oh, 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 that kind of a bird. And I remember, I remember it isn't that long gone at all, only about 40 years gone, when a skull crows, you'd get two and sixpence, a half crown, if you took a, a, a skull crow to the barracks because they were regarded as vermin that picked the eyes out of lambs. Now, I don't know whether that was true or not, but I suppose if it was in the law, there was a certain amount of truth in it. You'd get two and sixpence for 
a skull crow, and you get one and sixpence for a jackdaw, which was fair, fair money uh, 40 years ago. I think that's gone now. It is. I never heard of anybody in recent years claiming that. It wouldn't be much nowadays, but the equivalent of it would be a lot of money. So, that was crows. Now, another bird that was regarded with very, very uh, much superstition and suspicion was, you might be very surprised to hear, the wren. The ranine, as he was called in various places. The wren. And you'd ask yourself, why? Well, why do you think a wren was hunted on St. Stephen's Day? Because he was the one who was supposed to have betrayed St. Stephen, the martyr. Remember? The wren, the wren, the king of all birds, St. Stephen's Day was cut in the fuzz when the when the, the wren boys were out. Eh? So he wasn't a well-liked bird. And if you robbed the nest of a wren, uh, people would say, ah, well, young lads, ah, well, it was only a wren's nest. Whereas if you robbed a robin's nest, or, other, or a blackbird's nest, or other birds' nests, that wouldn't be regarded as such a nice thing to do. Uh, no, no. And remember, when they went out long ago uh, on, uh, on the run, when the run was the run, Today, the custom has almost died away, and the, the runbys are only in a few places. The real runbys, like Dingle, they killed a proper wren, a real wren, on Christmas night. Killed him, twisted his neck, because in those days it was easy to get wrens, because most houses were thatched, and the wrens used to make their nests up on the thatch, and they twist his neck. And they'd carry him above in a bush. The run, the run, the King Valbud St. Stephen's Day was caught in the bu in the fuzz. But he wasn't. He was caught in the thatch of the house on Christmas night. And they carried him around in a bush to the various houses. And looked for the uh, for the landlord to give us a treat. A treat being a bit of money or something. And then they'd go off and they'd buy a drink and they'd have a run party. Somebody local would give them an empty house, an old vacant house, and at a later date they'd buy porter and a drop of whiskey and port for the women and whatever, and they'd have a run party. There'd be local musicians and they'd have a dance and the rest of it, and they'd have a good night on the proceeds of what they collected on the run. But I remember a good story. <laughs> an old man told me in Kerry from my own place years ago, it was, I think... Or oh, in the year 1917. That'll tell you how far back the stories went that I collected. And he said he was at one of these run parties. And, of course, he was a youngish lad at the time. He was only maybe 20 years of age. And in 1917 he wasn't used to drink. He had two or three pints. And he was making his way home. And he had to cross this glen. Now, he said it was a very, very lucky thing that the weather was fine. There was a small drop of water on the in the glen. And he stumbled down in his face and he was there crawling along. Uh, eventually he was able to rise up. But he said, all oh, the cold water sobered him up all right. But if, if there had been a lot of rain, he'd probably have drowned. Well, he said he got home. He did get home, but he never forgot that night. 
<laughs> and his pints. But um, so the ran parties were good fun, all right. But the ran himself, you would ask, how did he get such a bad name for such a little little bird? Well, partly as I said, because he was supposed to have betrayed Saint Stephen. And the other reason was he was a bird that was supposed to have betrayed Irish armies, their enemies. How? By flapping his wings, flapping his wings and betraying the Irish. Some people said he betrayed him to, to Cromwell's, to Cromwell's men. Uh, other people said he betrayed him to the Danes. We don't know. But that's the kind of reputation the Wren had. Not nice. Not nice. There was a disputation, you might say, an argument among the birds. How how would we find out who's the king of the birds? And, as you know, the biggest of all the birds in Ireland is the eagle. So they said, right, which of us can fly the highest? So the argument was over already, they thought. So, whichever one of us can fly the highest, that's going to be the king of the birds. Argument over, except for one thing. <laughs> the ran crept into the eagle's tail feathers and he was so small and so light that the eagle didn't even know he was there, didn't even feel he was there. And off went the birds, higher and higher and higher and higher. And of course, as they were going higher, they were dropping out one by one by one. Now, at last... The only two that were left were the swan and the eagle. And, of course, finally, the swan got tired and he dropped out as well. And the eagle was the only one that was left. Ah, he looked around him, king of the birds, and he started to go down. He was tired too now, but he said he'd give it one more go just to prove that he was mm, the champion. And he did. He went another few feet higher. Exhausted, he could go no more. And when the wren peeped out and saw that the eagle was pooped out, as you might say, out he came, completely rested, of course, and warm. Out he came, out of the eagle's tail, and flapped up and up and up and up and up another twenty or thirty feet. And, of course, the eagle saw him, and the ones below on the ground, way, way, way below, saw this. And, and, of course... <laughs> the eagle could do nothing about it and he had to give in that the wren was the king of the birds he had gone the highest clever, clever, clever <laughs> and from that day to this uh, the wren is called the king of the birds whether he deserved it or not we don't know but, but there he is today the king of the birds now the swan a beautiful bird and you'll see him gliding over this lake and that river with the bent neck and the one thing about him and her nobody ever interferes with a swan and it's said that anybody who kills or injures a swan well they'll have misfortune even death and you know yourself the legend of the children of Lear Swans go back a long, long, long way into Irish mythology. There was a very, very sad case there a couple of years ago about a man who wasn't a native of Ireland 
and obviously he didn't know that legend and he didn't know the customs of our country who shot a swan and it made the newspapers in Ireland and it made radio programmes in Ireland and I presume he was told what people thought of what he had done. I hope he learned his lesson by that and other people did also but it was a terrible thing to do. No Irish person would shoot or harm a swan. I hope, I hope, because everybody who has gone through school in Ireland knows about the three, three children who were changed into swans in that, the children of Lear. Now, what about the swallow who comes back to Ireland every single year? It's always said about a swallow that if anybody injures a swallow, they also will have misfortune. And I don't think any farmer will injure a swallow, because it is said that if he does, blood will show up in the milk of his cows. So you can imagine <laughs> a farmer injuring, killing a swallow, and somebody afterwards coming to him and saying, uh, what's this stuff in your milk? I thought, I thought milk was white. Milk? Pink? Where's this coming from? He'd have a little bit of explanation to do, wouldn't he, if he had injured some swallows? There's a long, long, long tradition in Ireland of not injuring that particular bird. Just like also not injuring swans. Now, I mentioned magpies. Did you ever think why magpies are the colour that they are? Black and white. We know that they're a clever bird and a very, very, very clever bird. But did you ever think why they are the colour that they are? Well, I can tell you this much. It isn't that they're just clever. They're also an unlucky bird. And you heard the rhyme, of course. One for a girl, two for a boy, blah, blah, blah. And there's other things about magpies as well. Well, some people say they were brought to Ireland by Oliver Cromwell and his army. In which case they would be unlucky. Because Oliver Cromwell and his army didn't bring anything good to Ireland. They say that it's bad to see one magpie on his own. But if you see one, and if you know that, you can reverse the badness. You can turn it back by taking off your hat. But nobody seems to know what will happen if you're not wearing any hat that day. Uh, uh, uh. So there's a problem for you. And it's black and white colour. Where did it get the black and white? Now, there's an explanation that some of the old people had for that. All the birds, when Jesus died on the cross, all the birds were in mourning. Mourning, like the little robin, for example. But the magpie was looking at this, and uh, he was only half-hearted, half-hearted when Jesus was killed. 
when Jesus was killed, the magpie didn't really care. And that's the reason why he turned half black and half white. His feathers were half black and half white. That's the reason why the old people said he was neither this colour nor that colour. So, so, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. I don't know, but that's the tradition there was in Ireland. Now, there's other birds such as... Oh, they weren't all bad, they weren't all bad. What about the thrush? The thrush is famous for its lovely singing. People loved to hear the thrush. When the thrush started singing, oh, people would put down whatever tools they were working with and just listen. And remember, long ago, I tell you, work was a lot harder than today. People used to have to dig their gardens with a pike or a fork or a shovel and it was a lovely thing to be able to stop work for a while and listen to the thrush singing. And people will still do that today if they're not too busy driving here and driving there and driving. Because remember today, we hardly hear anything. We're in our cars and there's hedge cutters and there's lawnmowers and so many things going. We don't. We don't hear half enough, but if you get a bit of quietness today, during the day, you'll still hear the thrush singing. And not just the thrush, but the blackbird, another lovely bird that was always regarded and respected for its singing. And not just singing, but for forecasting the weather. People always thought, ah, when the blackbird would sing, the weather the weather. Mm. He could tell the weather that was coming. Nowadays we sit down our backsides in front of the television after the news and oh they'll tell that the weather is coming from the Atlantic, there's clouds coming here, there's clouds coming there. Well when people had no televisions and they had nobody to forecast on the television, people sometimes had to watch watch things for themselves and listen to the birds and to listen to the animals and things like that. And they did. But remember, what one bird could be good for, the same bird could be bad for. And if the blackbird was respected for the weather, he was regarded as a pest also. Because if you were growing gooseberries and blackcurrants like I was this year, oh, the blackbird he would be in, eating them before you could pick them. Now, pigeons. Pigeons. It was regarded as a very bad look if a pigeon came into your house. But, but, there was one way of getting out of that. Make a pie out of him. <laughs> because you can eat pigeons. Uh, the monks, long ago, in monasteries, they used to make pigeon coats. C-O-T-E-S, not C-O-A-T-S. They used to make pigeon cuts, or some people pronounce it cuts. Pigeon cuts, pigeon cuts. They were a building like a round tower. And if you want to prove that, on the road between Limerick and Cork, there's an old remains of an abbey. It is Ballybeg Abbey near Buttevant. You just go out of Buttevant on the road from Limerick, and just beyond Buttevant, you'll see the ruins of the abbey and next to it there's this round building like half a round tower 
And now if you go in there, there, inside, you'll see all the holes in the wall. That's where they used to keep the pigeons that they used to make the pies out of. They used to fatten the pigeons and make pies out of them. Because pigeons, they were like chickens. They were like chickens. So in one way, bad. If a pigeon came into your house, it was regarded as bad news. But on the other hand, that depended on yourself. <laughs> so bad news for the, uh, the pigeon if you cut him and fattened him up, made a pie out of him. So up to yourself. Now, the cuckoo. There was a number of years there when people thought, oh, oh, the cuckoo is gone because we didn't hear it for a while. But the cuckoo seems to be back again. And the cuckoo, remember, comes from Africa, all the way from Africa. And bad news here again, I'm afraid. The old people always believed that when the cuckoo came back, if you held it with your left ear, when it came back first, you'd be dead between that and the next year before the cuckoo came back. But you had to hear it with your left ear first, so there was some hope for, for you. Uh, the swallows, of course, came from Africa too. And what about the corncrake? The corncrake. Uh, all of those come from Africa. And you'd ask yourself, how do they find their way back from Africa to Ireland? An amazing thing. And they're remarkable, remarkable birds. And they're like eels coming from the Sargasso Sea back, 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 all the way across the Atlantic, those, and the salmon that comes all the way across the Atlantic to its own river. Shouldn't we have respect for those animals? Of course we should. Well, the robin I mentioned before, how did it get its red breast? Well, the, re the robin got its red breast, according to the old people. When Jesus was on the cross, the robin tried to pick out the nails. Pick out the nails, pick out the nails. And Jesus' blood fell on its breast. And there is the red on its feathers to this very day. Some people said it tried to pick out the, the thorns on Jesus' forehead and that's where it got the red on its, on its breast, those feathers. Other people said that when Mary was going into Egypt with the baby Jesus, uh, the robin followed her, followed her and covered, covered her tracks because she got with all the thorns along the way in the desert, her feet got cut and she left all the bloody marks after her from her sandals and her feet. They got cut, of course, from the thorns and the little robin, uh, he, with his beak, tried to cover, tried to cover the sand that she left the blood on with his beak. And in, re in return for that, of course, the robin has the red breast on him today and the robin is supposed to be a sacred bird then you should never ever harm a robin and the other wonderful thing about a robin is that when you're working in a garden a robin will always follow you around from place to place they're almost a tame bird they're a wonderful little bird the other thing about them though is as i said before they are fierce 
They might be small, but they are fierce. They'll hunt away any other bird that will try to get in their way. They're fierce. Oh, they're an amazing little bird. Now, what about the hawk? You couldn't go without mentioning the hawk. We see them occasionally there on television, and you know as well as I do that the hawk is famous for beside its hook bill. How it can see for a distance. You can see, often say to people, God, you have the eyesight of a hawk. Which means, of course, you can see things so far away, which a hawk is always supposed to be able to see. They have terribly keen eyesight. Now, if you say to a person, oh, you have the eye of a hawk, that means you have great eyesight. Now, an amazing one is, and a funny one, and one that's supposed to be true, is, did you ever hear of a barnacle goose? A barnacle goose is a goose, of course, that uh, lives beside the sea, as you might guess from the title. But it was supposed to be hatched from barnacle shells. Now, think about it. Not true, of course, but it was supposed to be hatched from barnacle shells. And so, therefore, oh, it wasn't, a fi uh, it wasn't flesh at all, but it was really a fish. And it could be eaten during Lent. We're now in Lent. So, this could be eaten during Lent. And remember, Lent long ago meant no, no, anything except fish. There was no meat during Lent long ago, only fish. But of course, <laughs> this goose was supposed to be hatched only from uh, uh, barnacle shells, so it could be eaten. And the church allowed it. When other meat wasn't allowed, this was. And now, obviously, even the church allowed that. Crazy as it might seem to us today, but of course the people welcomed this and they ate the barnacle goose, oh, which a great welcome entirely. Because remember, Lent is 40 days, and not being able to eat meat for 40 days until Easter Sunday, well, I tell you, that was a big, big thing. Uh, the eagle was supposed to be the longest living bird of all of them. I don't know whether he is or not, but he was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a very, very dangerous bird, and probably true, and that is why it went extinct in Ireland, because he could steal sheep, lambs, calves, and it was said even very, very young children. A little child might be out in the yard creeping around during a warm summer time, and an eagle could swoop down with its big talons and sweep the child away. Now, people believed that, and so they trapped the eagle and poisoned the eagle, and the eagle eventually went extinct. Now, people are trying to bring back the eagle now in Ireland, and with a little bit of success too, and you would hope that that people wouldn't believe those kind of stories about the eagle anymore because they are a most beautiful, beautiful bird. We'll see whether it's successful or not. I hope it is. I hope it is. Now, starlings, starlings, have you ever watched a murmuration of starlings? And the shape they can take, how do you explain that? 
how do you explain such a wonderful, wonderful thing as a murmuration of starlings? It's, uh, I think science, science would find it a little bit difficult to explain that. I have often watched it on television. I've seen it once or twice over a lake and it would make you stop and think that nature is the most wonderful, wonderful thing just to be able to bring us to a halt and say, oh Lord, no, we, we don't control everything in this world. There are things that we should be thankful for and very thankful to be able to see and see with no cost to ourselves. You don't have to pay for everything lucky for us, lucky for ourselves. Now, I, I can't think except that we, all of us, have different values when it comes to birds. There's no A to Z, as I said. There's no biggest to smallest, like I said. For example, why is it that even today, given a magpie and a blackbird, some people will choose a blackbird when it comes to choosing between them. There's no, there's no logical answer to that kind of thing. There's no logical answer at all to that kind of thing. People have their preferences and that's all about it. Remember the creek crack, creek crack, creek crack of the corn creek, which is almost extinct now. That was a beautiful, beautiful belief when it came to him. That he was on his back, holding up the sky, people thought, uh, when he was singing, if you could call it singing, this creak crack, creak crack, this rough singing. Uh, no, I don't know where people got that belief, but people had that belief that the corn crake was used to sing on his back with his feet in the air, holding up the sky, or so he thought. Um, the sad thing now is that you never hear the corn crake. And wasn't it beautiful when people had that kind of a story, which obviously couldn't be true. But the corn crake is extinct now, almost. And when I used to talk to old people about the corn crake and the cuckoo and things like that, just mention those kind of birds and immediately you're back to their youth. And you get that warm feeling of, ah, oh, isn't it a pity that those days are gone? Because it reminded them of something, something that was better than today. Even though it probably wasn't. Even though it probably wasn't. It reminded them of days making up the hay in the meadow. Days that somehow seemed warmer. The sun seemed to shine for longer in those days, again, which probably wasn't true. Because, look, those days, physical work was harder, but they got through it, because they were still there to talk to me about it. And probably they were just being sentimental, but sentimentality, if we don't have a little bit of that in our lives, we have nothing. And birds, nature, 
things like that, they help us to get through the day. And if, if, if these things especially help us to get through these times of COVID, well then, we're all a little bit better for that because these are times that have tested so many people that I think, I think we look back on these times too, our COVID times, and think, my God, did we really get through this? But I wonder, will the sentimentality be here? I hope so. Thank you for listening. And I'll have another evening for you shortly. I'm not sure what it'll be yet, but I hope it'll be something enjoyable. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 